Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Smazarski, Editor-in-Chief of Stylist. And I'm Alex Walker, Editor-at-Large. And together, we are your brand new workwives. Consider us the background noise to your PowerPoint presentation. The support you might need to get through a working day. Or the distraction. Yep, definitely that. Welcome to Working From Home with Stylist. Coming up in today's episode, we have an interview with the nation's PE teacher, Joe Wicks. Literary editor Francesca Brown will give you her pick of the best audiobooks to listen to while in lockdown. We'll be discussing those unpredictable quarantine dreams. And radio presenter Clara Ampho gives her top 10 90s movies in our second ever King of. So Alex, we are now coming into, what is it, third week, fourth week of lockdown. How are you feeling this week? Oh, the uh, emotional roller coaster continues. I'm sort of flitting between waking up feeling really quite motivated. I'm in full spring cleaning mode at the minute. Every single uh, cupboard in my house has had a, a deep clean. I've had my label maker out. Um, my spices are in alphabetical order. I'm feeling, re- feeling really good about myself. Uh, and then I wake up the next day and I just feel Oh, so flat. Um, sort of, I read the news and I feel quite scared. I feel really upset and I feel really useless. Um, and then that obviously affects the rest of that day. So yeah, it's it's a total flit in between feeling really up and then really down. Um, how about you? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, I think most people probably can relate to that. It does feel like a very up and down kind of time. Certainly chatting to my friends, that's been the case. Um, I am feeling today, I'm feeling hungover. I have <laughs> definitely suffered from the homemade G&Ts that I made last night. Um, but on the whole, I think one of the things I've been really struggling with is motivation, reason to get up, particularly on non-work days, because um, I think the lack of structure, the things that I would normally do, those missing from my lives are just sort of making me think, oh, what's the point of getting out of bed today, really? Um, and it was with that in mind that I got in touch with Joe Wicks earlier this week. Ah, legend, the legend that is. Um, to find out how he really would advise us to get through this period of time because he seems to have more motivation than the average person. Thank you so much for your time today, Joe. I'm sure you're a very busy man right now. I wanted to chat to you a bit about motivation. As someone who seems to have it by the bucket load, what are your tips to the rest of us on remaining motivated during this time in lockdown? I think motivation, if I could bottle it and give it away to the world, it'd just be the most incredible thing. It's the hardest thing to kind of get across to some people because they they just maybe they're not into exercise maybe they've been sedentary as, as young people and, in, and into adulthood but i always say if someone doesn't have motivation you have to remember that the motivation to exercise is at the end of the workout it's when you've finished it when you've done 20 minutes of something or you've gone for a bike ride or you know a walk you feel better and it's tapping into that that 
you're going to feel more energized afterwards. Mm. So if you are someone that has broken sleep or you're a parent with a new baby, you know, even if you get up and do it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of broken sleep, trust me. So I know even when I get up and do 20 minutes of exercise, I feel better for it. My mind clears, it kind of calms me down. It, I come at Indian Mali much more patient because exercise is a powerful, you can change your, your mental state through physiological exercise. So for doing, doing a workout means that your stress levels are reduced. You feel a lot more happier. Your, your mind's sort of calmer. So it is a case of just reminding yourself that you're going to feel better. Just do something. Is that why you started fitness? Was it about physical fitness or about mental health for you? I think as a young person, it was all about obviously body image. I was quite insecure as a teenager, like really skinny. So I thought I need to go to the gym and be stronger and change the way I look. And even through university and as I started out as the body coach, I used to talk a lot about fat loss and lean in 15 and transform your body. It was all about the before and afters, you know, it's very visual. But now my narrative's completely changed. I very rarely talk about weight loss and fat loss. I only talk about how exercise is going to make you feel. So when I'm doing my stories, rather than say, you know, go and do a workout to burn fat today, I say, go and do this workout to feel energized, to give yourself, you know, to uplift your mind and to feel positive. And that's, that truly has changed. And it's, it's what I'm so passionate about now, because that's the true motivation. If being, if being lean and weighing a certain weight and looking a certain way was a big enough motivator, we'd all be lean and fit all year round. It isn't enough, you know, so you have to tap into the mental health benefits of exercise. And that's going to truly motivate you all through the year, as opposed to just relying on looking good and doing a diet during the summer. Yeah, what what changed for you? What what was the trigger for you that changed that motivation? Just a general kind of like awakening and also just having insight from the millions of people that follow me, whether it's through Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. You know, I've I've got an insight, I've got all these anecdotal stories and I've got these testimonials of people. I, I see the before and after and of course it's visual and it's amazing. That's a part of people need that, I suppose. But when you read the written testimonial and you really get into the psychology of it, you know, the anxiety, the depression, the people overcoming addiction or, or, or addiction or, um, you know, unhealthy relationships, they, they can turn their life around through exercise and fitness and healthy food. So that's why in my head, I've kind of been awakened to it. And I realize that's what's important in life, not looking good, it's feeling good. And as a parent, even more so, like, I want to wake up in the morning and be energized. I want to come down and make Indy's breakfast and be patient and not be snappy. And that all comes through exercise for me. You know, I feel better for it and I'm a better person. So what are your tips and tricks to get us through the working day? What would you recommend for giving us all more energy whilst we're in lockdown? I think that now during this period where we're at home, we have more time to look after ourselves. We have more time to get a better night's sleep. We're less commuting, less traveling. You know, hopefully you've got more time with your family as well. And you should be able to mm -hmm. put healthy food on the table for yourself and your kids and also be able to exercise and find time because we are, you know, you haven't got that commute. You can have your own lunch break, take your time off. But I, I truly believe that a morning workout is quite transformative to your outlook for, for the day. I think if you leave it to the end of the day, it's great to train in the evening, of course, by any, by, by any means, breakfast, lunch or dinner is great to train. But I think when you do it in the morning, it just lifts your mood and your spirits a little bit and you feel a bit more optimistic and, and stressful things coming in don't feel as bad. So I do believe if you can try and make your exercise in the morning, I think it's, it's going to benefit you the most. Um, so like 25, 30 minutes, and that could be a YouTube channel workout of mine or Pilates or yoga. There's so much great content online that you don't need to have a gym. That's the, that's what people are going to wake up to and realize that I don't need to have an expensive gym membership and commute there and back to feel good and feel energized. So 30 minutes of exercise in the morning. And obviously the main energy source from your in your life is going to be your sleep and your food. So you need to be focused on getting a good night's sleep and just putting good food in your body. So 
avoiding, you know, snacking on processed foods and junk foods and energy drinks or coffee. Try and focus on three meals a day, like a healthy breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I think that's really going to be the key to your success and productivity every day. I want to go on and talk about exercise and mental health a bit more. How do you balance your at-home workouts with exercise outdoors? Well, look, while we have the while we have the opportunity and we can still go out and get our exercise in, take it, use it, you know, because it is great doing a 25-minute workout, of course, and it's brilliant if you can do it in your living room or you turn your bedroom into your gym, that's great. But it's still not open your mind. I think when you exercise outside, when you get fresh air and you're in nature, it changes you again. It's another level of... Of, of calmness and serotonin and dopamine it just makes you feel calm so yeah you know if you've got kids try and get out whether that's half an hour going to the park or a little walk around the block yeah. even if you're walking around outside and you're living in central london it's still going to be great for your mind so yeah maybe do your exercise indoors at home in the morning and then in the afternoon when you feel that oh, i've had a long day i've been sitting down in this one position i need to get out when you, you'll just feel that itch come and go outside you know use it just obviously respect the social distancing and I'm doing that every day. I'm going for our walk about 3 or 4 p.m. And it just it just calms us all down. We come back and have a nice dinner. Then we go to, you know, have a nice bath and put Indy and Marley to bed. And it's it just calms the mood. And it's definitely important. I think it's essential, really, for our minds. You mentioned on Russell Brand's podcast, you weren't into meditation. And he was trying to give you the hard sell on trying it because obviously it's something he does practice a lot. Have you tried it yet since you've spoken to him? Oh, I'm so naughty because he said he texted me a link to a 30 minute YouTube video, like I met a guide in meditation. And I said, Russell, I'm going to text you when I've done it. And I still, I kept, I went to do it last night and I just, I ended up watching an episode of um, Tiger King with Rosie. Like, I thought, what's the last one? Oh, well, it's good. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just wanted to sh- shut my brain off and just look, watch some entertainment. But no, it's in my, it's in my diary today. So I'm really, really going to try. I, I know it's just one of those things that the more you practice, the more it becomes an easier thing and you get more out of it so yeah i'm very disciplined of food and fitness but the mindset and mental so the uh, like the, the meditation stuff i find quite challenging sitting and, and calming my head i think tiger king's like a form of meditation to be honest it's like you can't think about anything else while you're what watching. a character yeah what a character so do you think this will define your next chapter then as well you start to think about what you do differently once we come out of this strange period in time i think a lot of people are going to start reflecting looking inside and thinking you know why do I work so hard? Why am I doing this? You know, leaving the house at 7am, coming in at 7pm. Why am I working so hard? What is it all for? Like, because what, what is money in the bank when we can't spend it? When we haven't been able to, well, all we can get is food. And even that was getting like pulled off the shelf. So you, you kind of question up like, what is the true value of all these things that we work so hard for? And why is society set up for us to constantly want to progress and, you know, like economic growth and all this. I don't understand the politics and, and, and the financial system, but I know that we're, as individuals, we're just drawn in to consume everything always. I need the new iPhone. I need the new pair of night changes. So we're constantly on this quest to buy stuff. And I think people are just going to stop and go, Do you know what, actually, I'm happy with what I've got. I just need my family and friends and I need my home. And that's all I really need to be to be happy. So I do think people's buying habits might change. People's, um, you know, food and eating habits might change for the better. And also, people's awareness of connectivity like looking out for each other looking out for their family and their colleagues and not being so um self-focused on just yourself and your career and your success and what's going on for you like we need to start thinking about other people around us i think yeah i I think that's completely true i've had all of those thoughts myself and speaking to lots of people i think everyone's on that same journey i think we'll have a totally different perspective on life at the end of it and i guess that sort of brings us full circle because I guess that's how you find your motivation and your inspiration during this time is spending some time reflecting on 
what we want to get out of life afterwards. Yeah, because if I think back to like what I've been doing since I started as a body coach and then next thing it's, you know, you're doing Lena 15 and then it's a book deal and then you're doing a bit of TV and then you're doing merchandise and cook, cookware and pots of paint. It's always this constant like movement forward. You never, I've never really stopped to actually acknowledge like, what am I doing with my life? Like, am I, am I generous enough? Am I kind enough with my time? Am I doing enough? And so now I actually think, you know what, you are doing them. You are doing what you should be doing. You're doing a 30 minute workout every day when you don't need to be doing this and you love it. And there's people all around the world doing it. So right now I feel like I am doing enough, but you know, I still want to, I still want to help people. So I'm now thinking, what else can I do? Because I, I don't want to just do the, do the PE thing and then it gets forgotten about. I want to change. I really want to change the education system in the UK forever. I want PE to be a part of fitness every, you know, every single day that kids take part in exercise. So my mind just opened up a bit, I suppose, with this global YouTube thing that's happening. Because I, I didn't think it was going to blow up. But because it has, I'm like, wow, this, I'm looking at the world map now. And I think, how can I reach more people and help more, you know, more people around the world? I have to say, I absolutely loved chatting to Joe. He is such an authentic, lovely guy. And every bit of motivation I was hoping for, actually. Oh, he's just such a good guy. And also those classes, they're, they're hard. Um, I've only done a few with my kids, but I'm fully walking around wincing the next day. So they, uh, yeah, they definitely work and they're definitely not just for children. Yeah, no, I've done a couple of Joe's classes um, on YouTube. And then also I've been doing some of the strong women ones that our sister brand um, have created through the Strong Women Instagram account, which are brilliant as well. And they're only 10 minutes long. So they're a quite good little boost, particularly if you're lacking energy. But I definitely felt after doing the classes that I had more energy throughout the day. I felt a bit more positive throughout the day. So I really think his advice about putting something structured into your morning is a good one, even if you're not a massive fitness fan, actually. I think it's really beneficial. Which I'm really not. You know, I'm never, I've never been mm. a gym person. Um, but I do know that if I don't move my body in some way, it really mm. does affect me, um, affect my mental health. So, yeah, it's such good advice. Yeah. Well, huge thank you again to Joe Wicks. Um, as he mentioned, you can get more exercise tips and advice on thebodycoach.com and also by following The Body Coach on YouTube. Trying to entertain yourself whilst you're in lockdown isn't easy. By now, if you're anything like me, you've probably completed Netflix and baked at least 25 banana cakes in the past week alone. I haven't even baked one in the entire lockdown experience, Alex. I don't believe you. I don't know a single person in the whole of the UK <laughs> who has not baked a banana cake. Trust you. When I'm not baking banana cakes, which is at least 60% of my week, I am trying to read. But for some reason, my head just isn't working and I cannot commit to more than about two pages at a time. Oh, God. I... Literally every single page feels like war and peace. I completely agree with you. I've been carrying around, uh, literally moving it from room to room, a copy of um, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid, which is supposed to be brilliant, but I can't even open the front page. I just... I'm really struggling to sort of find the focus. One book I have managed to get into is Panic Years by Nell Frizzle. Uh, it's not out until uh, mid-May, but um, lucky enough to have a preview copy. And um, it's all 
about how much deciding when or if to become a mother um, has a massive impact mm. on everything in your life, from where oh, you yeah. live to the partner that you choose to your friends, um, and how mm. sort of this this time period in your life when it kind of controls everything. Uh, and it's it's really interesting. It's so far away from everything that's going on, um, but mm. so relevant to so many women. And yeah, that mm. that I'm really managing to get into. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I have heard about that. I'll definitely get through that one, but it did really make me think what um, brilliant place audio books play in this. They offer company when you're feeling really lonely, entertainment when your brain is just too wobbly to commit to a page. Um, so I asked Francesca Brown, our literary editor, for her top five audiobook recommendations to listen to whilst we're in lockdown. My first recommendation is Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other. It's been the book of the year and is likely to be leading the Women's Prize for Fiction shortlist, which is due to be announced on the 22nd of April. Um, you'll be utterly invested in Anna Maria Nabiri's incredible reading of 12 very different characters, and it's one to really lose yourself in. Um, for new releases, one, two, three, four, Craig Brown's very entertaining history of the Beatles is read with total verve by actors Mark McGann, and Kate Robbins. Um, it brings together fan letters and party lists and it just draws a chaotic and fascinating picture of the 60s. Um, for a breakout writer, I'd really recommend How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang, which is a feminist western narrated by Catherine Hull and Joel de la Fuente that will utterly transport you. Um, Pretending by Holly Bourne, which is read by Heather Long, is also a very funny and moving tale of a girl who tries to turn herself into, as she describes, a regular, everyday, manic pixie dream girl next door with no problems, only to find out that such a woman obviously doesn't exist. And finally, the novel that's likely to win the book of this year, and of course has been everywhere, is Hilary Mantel's The Mirror and the Light, and actor Ben Miles, who's played Thomas Cromwell on stage and previously recorded both Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies, turns 38 hours of reading into pure addiction. Oof, 38 hours of Hilary Mantel. That might be a bit <laughs> might be a bit much for me, um, as brilliant as she is. Um, I have actually um, heard a lot of people talking about the one, two, three, four, uh, the Beatles in time, I think it was. I've heard loads of people saying, even if you're completely uninterested in the Beatles, that it's brilliant. So I think I'm going to go for that one. Yeah, it sounds good, actually. Um, I'm, I must admit, I'm drawn to pretending by Holly Bourne because I think the idea of any uplifting funniness right now is definitely what I need. Too true. Um, you can find a full list of our favourite audio books on stylist.co.uk. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I have to say, one of the things that really appeals to me about audiobooks is that you can listen to them while you're lying in bed. Because I'm doing that terrible thing at the moment of like feeling really tired than lying down and absolutely playing everything over in my head and feeling really anxious. Or even worse, scrolling through my phone, reading the news headlines and then really struggling to oh, go to sleep. It's awful. God, me too. Um, yeah, I'm normally actually a really good sleeper, as annoying as that sounds. Um, but at the minute, I just, <laughs> I'm doing exactly the same. I get into bed, I start reading Twitter um, and this ball of anxiety just gets in my stomach and I just can't sleep for hours. Um and it's just made me realise how much sleep is a really good barometer of where my head's at at that time. Whenever I'm anxious, mm. whenever I'm stressed, so instantly true, yeah. it impacts my sleep, which, you know, I think we all know is a massive problem for, for so many people. We obviously did our sleep issue where we dedicated the mm. entire issue of Stylist all to sleep back in January because we knew or we know how much sleep um, affects our readers, how much of a topic of conversation it is for everybody. It's so true. I mean, it's such a big issue and it's obviously content that we cover online all the time because people are so desperate and like in pursuit of the perfect night's sleep. Um, I have to say, we the, one of the, the techniques actually I've been trying to implement comes from the event we did with that issue called The Restful. And um, there was one of the experts talked about this technique, which I... I is actually really good and I have been using which was about boring yourself oh, to yeah. sleep but basically um you talk to different bits of your body so you go <laughs> I think she said I love you fingertips I love you and then you'd be like I love you I don't know if you have to use a silly voice I don't think it's compulsory doing this every night now. <laughs> <laughs> you also do it inside your head that's what my inner voice sounds like to me <laughs> um but yeah you go through all your body parts until eventually you sort of bore yourself to sleep but obviously it's all about relaxing being conscious of your body rather than letting your mind go into overdrive so I have been trying that and that's pretty good actually I have to say what I find is once I've got to sleep I am staying asleep and I feel like I'm sleeping quite heavily but the thing that I've really noticed this week and everyone's talking about it is how crazy my dreams are like quarantine dreams are out of control I have had this conversation about 10 times a day and we all know how boring dreams dream conversations normally are but at the minute <laughs> they're so crazy that I am actually interested yeah, one of my favourites this week was a good friend of mine who admitted that she'd had a dream where she was actual pans Patsy Kenzie whilst <laughs> married to Liam Gallagher and she was going through the divorce as Patsy Kenzie. That's just absolutely bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. And then I've been having, uh, well, I had a couple of uh, interesting dreams this week. Sorry if this is boring, but um, I had one where I grew a full beard. But <laughs> the real problem with the beard was that I couldn't find it anywhere open to thread it off. Um, and the other was that I had the actual pencil haircut from Fleabag, <laughs> um, you know, the asymmetrical one. 
very superficial my dreams I realized now as I'm saying them out loud mm, um says a lot that's that's me as a person um but yeah I had that but I think I I know that's come from our conversation Alex because we've got Sean Clifford on the cover this week and we were chatting about the pencil haircut late at night oh, God, um, yeah. so then I went and dreamt that I actually had it it was it was very stylish actually <laughs> you rocked it <laughs> yeah my mine are definitely all anxiety dreams um I do tend to have quite recurrent dreams whenever mm. I'm stressed um, one which is about rats infestating oh, my house. That is horrible. Um, I know. Um, and the other is that I'm driving a car, I'm drunk, and I can't control <gasps> it. Oh, I've had one like that where I can't open my eyes. I'm like, they're closed and I fall in a gutter. Similar sort of thing. I'm out of control. Yeah. Yeah, they're pure control. And funnily enough, uh, the psychologist, Philippa Perry, who I love, Mm. um, has been doing a Twitter Q&A with people because this is really common at the minute and asking people about their dreams and then she's interpreting them for uh, for it, um, which is so interesting. And actually... Oh, I have to have a look. Uh, the, the rat one is all about... Um, or infestation dreams are all about being irritated. Um which you know given that we're mm. we're around people 24 hours of the day um must be really common right now i know i'm mm. very irritated very easily yeah no it is it's absolutely fascinating and uh, because i've had so many of these conversations this week i spoke to a psychologist about it because i wanted to try and understand what was going on why our dreams were a bit more eccentric and actually she says some really interesting stuff about recurrent dreams so have a listen to this this is sue cummings who is a consultant clinical psychologist who's worked in adult mental health for the past 30 years here's what she had to say so let's start by saying why do you think we're having such vivid dreams at the moment well i i think that to understand uh why we're having vivid dreams at the moment we have to uh firstly think about what the function of dreams are and dreaming is a a very natural normal process that we all do and it's part of a of the sleep cycle and when we are dreaming it's called rapid eye movement we can see a person's eyes moving backwards and forwards Um, and Freud said that the function of dreams was to actually preserve sleep now when we think about that um, it does make an awful lot of sense Um, So we all experience stress, conflict, difficult emotions in our lives on a daily basis. Uh, We also experience pleasurable feelings as well. And uh, in the course of a day, these events or emotions may not actually get fully processed. For one reason or another, what we're we're feeling or what we're thinking may actually have to go on hold. Um, So what happens is the dreams at night serve to actually finish the job. So we are processing material from our conscious mind and we're doing it at night with an unconscious process. Um, So in answer to your question, why might we be dreaming more vividly at the present time? So. I would say that when our waking life is more vivid, then so is our dream life. And at the moment, the pandemic that we're all having to deal with will be probably and mainly responsible for that vivid dreaming process. Um, Our routines are suddenly all upside down. Uh, The rules have changed. Uh, We're overloaded with information on a 24-7 
basis, um, it's real or it's imagined, it's out there, it could be in us. Um, we, cannot ex we can't really avoid that really anxious exposure that is, is really potentially 24-7. So I think what we're seeing at the moment, and certainly what I'm hearing um, from people that I'm working with, that dreams are uh, having a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxious content in these dreams. Uh, there are more nightmares. People are experiencing um, dreams that are waking them up and disturbing their sleep. Uh, we also know that uh, from the research that people may be dreaming vividly about aspects of their life that they might be missing in the lockdown or the quarantine. So their dreams become a process and a symbol for grieving, yearning and loss. And I don't believe that anyone else can ever interpret your dream for you. You can only ever interpret your own dreams. And I believe that every part of the dream is part of the dreamer. In terms of, you mentioned Freud at the beginning, and obviously lots have been written about symbolism within dreams and things that might represent um, similar truths for each individual. But then you also said that only you as an individual can interpret your dream. So are there yes. particular things we should look for or, or are our brains really translating that in a very unique way per person? I, I think our brains are uniquely doing what they need to do. But I would say if you're interested in your dreams um, and you're able to remember your dreams, have a pen and paper by your bed and write them down. Uh, and over time, you might begin to notice what the themes are. So there might be a very strong anxiety theme or there might be a theme of rejection or abandonment. So um, whilst everything is uniquely individual, you know, look for the themes because the themes will be telling you something really important about your conscious uh, life. So it's probably a bit of both. Um, so you mentioned recurring dreams and obviously, um, again, looking for patterns. Obviously, sometimes people have very specifically recurring dreams I have one for example where um it's, it's clearly anxiety dream nothing's hidden here but all of my belongings have been spread into different rooms in the house and I have to collect them because there's a desperate situation I have to collect everything before I can leave the house and get get safe or get away from whatever the um mysterious thing is but it's always about collecting items um obviously I've heard people talk a lot about teeth falling out in dreams is there anything in why we have those dreams? Is it just how we display our anxiety or um, are there other particular habits that people have in terms of reoccurring dreams? So a, a reoccurring dream is a dream that's not getting any closure. It's a dream that is representing itself because the message, ha you haven't actually got the message. And once you get the, the message of the dream, then maybe that dream starts to change. So um, if we look at every part of the dream is part of the dreamer, and if we actually have a look at your dream, so there may be parts of you that you separate out and put in different rooms. And I would say, look at the objects that are in those rooms. 
So you might find um, uh, a walking stick in one room. So if every part of the dream is part of the dreamer and we're looking at disowned aspects of self, then what does that walking stick represent about you? How are you like that walking stick or not like that walking stick? So you might say, well, a walking stick is strong and sturdy and helps me go to difficult places. So if I was working with you, I might say, well, how are you disowning that quality in your life right now? So maybe that walking stick is in your uh, dream right now because it's highly significant, but it's in a representational, symbolic form. So I guess my last question is about nightmares. So obviously, if you're having very negative dreams or feeling scared or waking, feeling anxious, is there any advice you can give to anyone who might be in that situation? Uh, Well, Firstly, what I would say is um, if our dreams are an expression and a reflection of what we've done in the day, then try not to be overly exposed to the news. Try not to sit in front of the TV watching every single uh, report on the virus. Then make a point during the day to spend some time looking at photographs that make you smile or listening to a piece of music that connects to a time when you were happy or uh, read an article that you've set aside um, that you want to read but you haven't read because you can't find the time. Look to balance the day with non-anxious behaviour, non-anxiety provoking activities because you're much more likely then, I think, to go to bed and have a different dreaming experience. She's brilliant, isn't she? What did you think about the recurrent dreams? Oh, yeah. I mean, as I say, I do definitely have recurrent dreams whenever I'm stressed, and it's just made me realise, particularly about the... uh, the irritation, how clearly I'm just always irritated. And that's very much something I need to resolve. Uh, Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder what the rats actually represent, because obviously she's suggesting that everything is representative of a different part. Maybe it's the irritability or maybe... Specific (laughs) people. Yeah. (laughs) Better not tell my husband that. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, I think... um, I thought her advice about nightmares was really good, actually. As I was saying earlier, obviously, I'm filling my brain with this really negative stimulus as I go to sleep. And I love the idea that even just looking at some positive imagery or surrounding yourself with nice music or watching shows. So actually being able to control your dreams by what you put into your brain in the first place, I thought was really interesting, actually. So um, I'm definitely going to try that, I think. You know, I'm not sure what I'm going to use, but I'm definitely going to try that as a technique. Thanks again to Sue Cummings. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, We have more advice and tips on how to get a good night's sleep over on our website at stylist.co.uk. So that's enough of the uh, the deep and meaningful. I think we need some frivolous entertainment now. The Always. kind of thing, <laughs> the kind of thing that we uh, waste hours talking about when we're in the <laughs> office. Um, we have this uh, perhaps quite strange habit of ranking things, uh, whether that is. Uh, vegetables or tv shows we we (laughs) like to rank our favorites and spend hours doing it uh, which was why the idea for our 
top 10 king of lists came from. So basically, every week we ask um, a stylist woman to rank something. Last episode, we asked actress Ruth Maidley to share her top 10 crisps, uh, which in my opinion had some very strong choices. Um, I'm, still, all... I'm still absolutely livid that a bugle is number one, but you know, move on. Uh, to be honest, it highlighted quite how rubbish your tasting crisps actually <laughs> is. I'm offended. Yeah. So this week, we asked Clara Anfo, the dynamic and bold broadcaster, best known for her 10am to 1pm BBC Radio 1 show, to kindly rank her favourite 90s film, which I am very excited for. Hello, stylist crew. It's Clara Anfo here, live and direct from my very messy living room. I'm actually quite happy that you can't see me, but look... We are in an era of staying at home. Some of us are messy, some of us are not, and that's okay. Um, So I'm here to deliver you my top 10, and I thought I would go the route of 90s and noughties teen movies, because for me, these films represent escapism. Uh, They represent joyous predictability, romance, drama, silliness, and they just make me feel good. So in no particular order, this is my top 10. 10 things I hate about you. So this stars Julia Stiles and the late, great Heath Ledger. Um, It's a great story. It's basically the reimagining of the Shakespearean tale, The Taming of the Shrew. Julia Stiles um, is the sort of um, bad girl in her high school. She's not actually really bad. She's just not basic like her sister Kat and uh, yeah you see how it unfolds with Heath Ledger's character. She's All That starring Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prince Jr. So this was a reimagining of Pygmalion and the basis of that is that this guy makes a wager with his friends that he can turn the most nerdiest girl in school into prom queen. Looking back now I'd say quite misogynistic and very problematic. Um, So watching it as an adult and not a teen is quite something. But the soundtrack bangs, especially that massive dance routine that they all do to Fatboy Slim. Bring it on. So this is a classic cheerleading movie. Um, I'd say arguably the classic cheerleading movie. The cheerleading routines are great. And actually, if you've been watching Cheer recently on Netflix, then you will definitely be all about Bring It On. The Faculty. So this is a movie that had um, Josh Hartnett in it. He was the star of the movie. Usher was in it as well. Um, And it basically is about an alien invasion of a high school and the aliens take over people's bodies. And it's just, it's actually, you know what? It still is legit quite scary. So yeah, big up The Faculty. Great movie. The Craft, great movie, four women or four teenage girls um, in a high school basically get into magic and it's all about what happens when the magic goes right and when the magic goes wrong. And this film has got some fab looks in it as well, some really good looks. Oh, and another honourable mention for Ski Ulrich, who you can now see playing somebody's dad in Riverdale, but well worth a watch especially if you want to try doing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Mean Girls, the film, do you know what? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say arguably, but definitely Lindsay Lohan's best work. 
it's just fantastic. Tina Fey's writing is so smart. And, you know, Lindsay Lohan had this beautiful um, innocence about her in that film. And the one-liners still stand up to this day. You know, there isn't a single day when I'm not when I'm not on social media and I don't see hashtag you go Glen Coco. Um, but it's just still so very good. And the sequel, let's not talk about that because, yeah. Oh my God. Do you know what? I had another film on my list and then I just remember Clueless. What the hell kind of Clueless fan am I? Clueless. One of the best teen movies or just movies to be fair of all time. So this film, keeping in theme with those movies that were based on classic literature, is a reimagining of Emma, uh, the Jane Austen novel. And if Jane Austen didn't write it, then for shame, uh, I failed myself in English, but I'm pretty sure Jane Austen wrote it anyway. Uh, Cher is our protagonist. She is a matchmaker. She wants to make everybody's lives better by basically not minding her business. And you see what happens with her being a nosy Parker and a meddler. And I mean, it's not a spoiler. You see how she falls in love with not only herself, but a lovely guy. What a brilliant idea for a list. I am a massive fan of all 90s films. Uh, all of them. De- oh, every single one. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's definitely the glory years of filmmaking, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You, brilliant. She's All That, one of my all-time favourite films. Let me just tell you, I interviewed Freddie Prince Jr. for no. that. Might be showing my age a little bit here, but um, I'd forgotten, actually, until she said the words Freddie Prince Jr. I was like, oh, my God, he was my best interview for ages. I was absolutely awful. I was a terrible interviewer because I just fancied him so much. So, oh, my God, so much. That film, so much. Uh, There's a picture. I'm going to try and dig it out because it's basically my sweaty head, like this <laughs> terrible pink shirt, I think, if I remember oh. correctly. Professional wear. Can't Imagine you um, in a colour. I know, I know. I've got rid of that. Don't worry. Mm. What was your favourite pick? Um, do you know what? I think I find this quite tricky actually because the what? Okay, so I'm drawing between ten things I hate about you. She's all that clueless and mean girls. And if I don't, if you'd asked me spontaneously, I would have said ten things I hate about you. But I'm not sure that I could rule out mean girls or clueless. I mean, cl- clueless. Clueless. Yeah. I mean, actually, I, d- I feel really uncomfortable putting a number on it. What's what's your favourite? Clueless. I, pro- I probably watched that film 40 times. Do you know what? I think I'm going to give my edge to Mean Girls because I think, actually, again, I'd forgotten it was Tina Fey written, but it's so funny. It's so well observed. And I'm not a big fan of the whole ditzy thing of Clueless. I don't like, I don't like stereotyping women like that. I get the point, but... I, you know, feminist me says no to that. Oof. Mean girls, actually, I probably should say no to that. Gonna oh, say, God. stop being I've got a myself ki- into a terrible a pickle. Joy. It was the nineties, <laughs> right? Feminism <laughs> did exist in the nineties, Alex. Did it? Uh, I can't. I can't make a decision. I'm gonna have to think about this one. I'll report back next week. Okay, you have a think. Put it all under a feminist lens, and then let me know. I will. I will. Right. We want to know what your king of '90s films is. So leave us your comments in the podcast store. DM us on Instagram or send a voice note with your thoughts to wfh at stylist.co.uk and we shall play the best ones out. Especially the ones with feminist theory in them. Um, Don't forget you can also hear more from Clara on Radio 1 from 10am to 1pm every weekday and her new podcast This City is out now. So 
as is now our tradition, we're going to end this podcast with our alternative thought for the day, written and performed by stylist, commercial editorial director, Susan Riley. And this week, we gave her the very easy challenge of motivation. Okay, normal routines are not yet coming back, which means our weeks are so out of whack. Our alarms are not set. We don't move from the bed. The weekday and weekend divide is now dead. We might work at midnight, do food shopping at noon. That's between washing fruit and veg like a loon. Collecting our parcels from the door wearing gloves. A postal reminder of the things we still love. The days they can drag. The highlight is lunch. Cheese, crackers and ketchup have become my new brunch. Good intentions to exercise have already waned. Zoom is no longer novel. Those chats leave me so drained. Motivational tips? Well, it helps to get dressed. And not just in comfies. Hell no, we're the best. Go on, push the boat out and wear a bold lip. It will help deter you from a 3pm kip. Twice a week also, we have work coffee breaks. A virtual cuppa. If you want, do bring cake. It allows you to just have a goss or a moan. A reminder that while solo, you're in no way alone. As for your to-do list, make it shorter. That's right. Put your pen down, surrender. It's not worth the fight. Don't try and achieve what you normally would. Instead, go and buy another top with a hood. Thank you, Susan. Right, before we go, Lisa and I have to ask the compulsory end-of-the-day question at Stylist HQ. What are you having for dinner? Well, Alex, tonight I got lucky actually because I got some prawns in my uh, Ocado order. They actually turned up. So uh, tonight I'm going to have a Spanish fish stew, which is one of my go-to one pots. I actually think it was a BBC Good Food recipe, which I went searching just for one pot dinners. But basically it's chickpeas, diced potatoes, prawns, salmon in a very tomatoey hint of paprika uh, sauce and you do just lob it all in the pot and it cooks deliciously and it's very good it's really better actually on day two and day three you've actually made that for me before and it is very oh, nice yes i have yeah. yeah you have uh yeah fishy theme because i am having fish tacos <laughs> oh uh, i love fish tacos yeah so do i um this recipe i believe is from a bredos tacos recipe book that i've got um really nice um and also i just wanted a sort of meal where it was quite picky um, and a bit more conversational. I've had a lot of TV dinners, so we're actually going to sit down and maybe even chat. Oh, God, a conversation. Imagine. Um, whilst we're on the subject of food, this is a nice handy segue for me, actually, to talk about our next episode, uh, which if you subscribe to this series, Plug Plug, uh, you can make sure that you don't miss because we're going to be talking about snacking and our weird food obsessions that we've got while we're at home. And also Laura Jackson, the fabulous foodie, is sharing her top 10 foods that she's eating right now. Right. Whilst you're plugging away, I also want to say, can you please let know what you think about working from home with stylist you can leave your comments in the podcast store or you can subscribe to our working from home with stylist facebook group and let us know there that's all we've got time for today but thank you so much for listening to working from home with stylist hope you have a fantastic week stay safe hold up 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.